Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. of weird stuff. It's the bombs, it's the comets, it's the dark, dark days upon us. And so say the folks who all quote Nostradamus. Earth changes, earth changes, oh prophets of doom. It sounds like disaster is your favorite tune. If it makes you feel better, get it out, out of your system and tell us about the Okay. The poles, they will shift and volcanoes will bellow. LA's gonna disappear, New York turn to jello. There'll be tidal waves, earthquakes, visions and crises. The earth's gonna be screaming, you can all kiss my axes goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Earth changes, earth changes. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. In case you're wondering, it's uh, the Earth uh, Kiss My Axis, A-X-I-S. You know, this is a family show, guys. We don't use that kind of language here because, you know, we never know what time we're going to be on around the world. Plus, you know, this is something that we have to take into consideration is, is that there are Earth changes happening. And my guest this hour is Dr. Sarah Warren. She's known lovingly as Dr. Sarah. She's a psychologist, coach, and a divorced mom who serves as an ambassador for Green, and I take my hat off to her for that. She helps people understand what things like uh, raising temperatures and toxic chemicals mean for your health, your day-to-day life, your kids' futures, uh, things like Longer cold and flu seasons, canceled flights, and even raising and rising cancer rates. Now, Dr. Sarah is passionate about using her addictions expertise to address our addiction to oil. 
as a motivational speaker and coach. She helps people find opportunities for meaning and personal transformation in what she calls the growing movement of unlikely environmentalists. And I love that. And joining me now is Dr. Sarah. And Dr. Sarah, what are unlikely environmentalists? Well, unlikely environmentalists are people like me who in the past have never been particularly concerned about the Mm -hmm. environment, never particularly interested in the state of the planet, and in spite of all of that have sort of had some kind of wake-up call um, and are starting to realize that there are some problems that warrant our attention. And so we don't conform to any stereotypes. Mm -hmm. We're not tree huggers. Um, I love fashion. Um, I generally wear high heels and, you know, makeup and I get my hair colored and, and, you know, I I don't wear Birkenstocks. (laughs) Um, But I care passionately about the world that my children are going to Mm -hmm. live in when they're adults. And that was really my point of realization was that um, the the state of the planet as it is now is such that it really um, poses a threat to my children's health and well-being. And that's what caused me to really, in kind of an instant, (laughs) become what I call an unlikely environmentalist and join a movement that is really growing of other people who are, they come from all walks of life and um, all different kinds Mm -hmm. of political stripes and are, are just realizing that, um, you know, our kids are going to be in trouble if we don't start taking care of the planet in ways that we haven't been. You know what I just realized, Doctor? Mm. I'm an unlikely environmentalist. Oh, cool. Add Welcome. Me, <laughs> add me to your list because, you know, we do everything around the house, my wife and I. To try and protect the environment, we shut off everything that we don't need. We have the power bars. We close them off at night. And, uh, yeah. you know, when, when, it, when you, I'd rather put on a sweater than turn on the furnace. Yeah. All yeah. right. Absolutely. You qualify. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so you don't necessarily think of yourself as an environmentalist, though, right? I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. So Sarah. It, yeah. I think there's a whole new breed. And um, it's a big tent. It's a big tent. All right, Dr. Sarah, please stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. Exonation, our web, our uh, special guest of this hour is Dr. Sarah Warren. Her blog is www.oursphereofinfluence.com, and her uh, coaching practice website is multicoach.org. You can also follow her on Twitter at Dr. Sarah Warren. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues right here from our studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If it's like they said, then there's no use to hide.
Next Nation, uh, Dr. Sarah Warren is our very special guest. She's known uh, as Dr. Sarah. She's been motivated by the love of her two young boys. Uh, she's the author of Fierce Love, How One Mother Reinvented Herself by Saving the Planet. And you can, too. It's going to be coming in the very near future. She's a nationally renowned speaker. She has been featured in the Toronto, uh, the uh, Chicago Tribune and appeared on national radio and television on the topic of addictions, including addiction to oil. She is on the faculty of the Chicago School of Professional Psychology. And her website, her blog is www.oursphearesofinfluence.com. Her website for the clinical and coaching practice is www.multicoach.org. And you can follow Dr. Sarah on Twitter at drsarahwarren. I'm sorry, it's just at Dr. Sarah Warren. If you'd like to send her an email... Dr. Sarah at OurSphere'sOfInfluence.com. So what is our addiction to oil, doctor? Well, our addiction to oil is um, really our lifestyle. It's our lack of consciousness about the way that we are consuming natural resources like gasoline and oil mm-hmm. and so it's a disconnect between the way we live, that we drive these cars often significantly bigger than they really need to be and less fuel efficient than they could be, and we drive places where we really could walk or bike or take mass transit. Um, and so we, we have all these sort of habits that um, cause us to consume a lot of oil um, that promote dependency on other countries and also cause us to exploit natural environments, precious natural environments um, at home. And so we're doing all of that and we're not paying attention to the consequences. And this is what, what makes it parallel really to say an alcoholic is, you know, an alcoholic is consuming alcohol Mm -hmm. and is not connecting the consequences of their drinking with the fact of the drinking. So there's this disconnect there. So we go along blithely acting like there are no consequences to the way that we live our lives and our consumption of oil, um, when in fact there are major consequences um, of various sorts. I mean, we saw what's happened um, in the Gulf with the oil spill, which is, you know, a it's a very direct consequence of our hunger, sort of insatiable hunger for more and more and more oil, um, which we're using not just to put in our gasoline tanks. That's kind of the most obvious thing that we can think of when we think about our, our use of oil. Um, but we also consume huge amounts of plastics in various forms. And some people don't realize that plastic comes from oil. Uh, there's, there are ways of making plastic that don't come from oil, like you can make it from corn, but that's mm-hmm. very, very rare for um, us to encounter plastic that's made from um, other products than oil. So um, we've got, you know, plastic bags, and they're polluting things like the ocean, um, and, and, you know, sea turtles are eating them, and then not able to digest food, and then so they die of starvation, and 
um, you know, other animals are getting tangled up in them and, you know, they end up dying a miserable death as well. And we've got all kinds of plastic toys. And if one has small children and one um, ends up getting plastic toys, which is really hard to avoid, there's this thing that once you start realizing that plastic is made from petroleum products, you can smell on a lot of toys the petroleum. So they're, they're made from plastic. There are toxic chemicals in the plastic itself, and then there are toxic chemicals that are coming out of the toys into the air that we breathe and that our children breathe. Mm-hmm. And if they're little kids, they stick those toys in their mouths. <laughs> so it's sort of this complicated ripple effect um, that is much like what happens with drug addiction or um, addiction to to alcohol, where it's not just limited to the the alcoholic who is ingesting the alcohol and and whatever harm it may cause to their body. It has this spillover effect so that other people's lives are touched um, without, again, the alcoholic necessarily even realizing it. But so, you know, we go to the store, we buy those plastic toys, they're made from oil. They have toxic yeah, chemicals. Doctor, I, I understand this, but what choice do we have? Yeah. For example, let's talk about the oil addiction. It's how can you blame the consumer if the government and the 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 auto industry refuse, and this is my own words, refuse to find alternative energy because their pockets are being filled of, through the oil companies. You yeah. know, and when it comes to, when it comes to the the plastics that we that we have to buy our, our goods in once again. You know, there's kickoffs being made. So are we victims or are we addicts? Well, I think we're both and something else. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, I'm really glad that you posed that question um, because I do think that it's complicated and mm-hmm. I don't think that all of the responsibility lies with us on our shoulders as consumers. I do think that we need to be conscious consumers, but as conscious consumers, it's not just a matter of what we do or don't buy. I think that we need to be holding the companies to account Mm -hmm. that produce things that are environmentally harmful, and we need to be creating demand for other kinds of products. Um, there's, There's a woman in England, actually, who gets on the phone to companies and talks to them about things like their packaging. She actually engages them in dialogue, one-on-one on the phone. So she's saying to them, you know, you've got this plastic packaging, you know, have you considered alternatives? And it's, it's, she's having an effect, just having these conversations, literally having conversations. And then you have the power of, and she blogs about it, which is how I know about her. Um, so she's having an effect that's beyond her conversations on the phone with the companies. But then there are other kinds of consumer advocacy um, undertakings that involve the Internet, where you know people are um, using Twitter, they're using... Uh, blogs to communicate their concerns about things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Ford came out with a car that it was saying was very environmentally friendly and talking about how not only did it have low emissions, but that, you know, the 
materials used to make the upholstery and that kind of thing were environmentally friendly. And then consumers on Twitter started asking questions. Well, so where's the transparency? Where's the information about what's in that upholstery? Um, you know, and there was this whole dialogue going on in a very public forum about their claims about environmental responsibility. So I think that there are things like that that we can do um, to go beyond making different kinds of purchasing decisions. And then I think there's another piece which goes to policy. And, um, I, you know, we all, if we live in a democracy, and most of us who I think are listening to your show live in democracies, mm-hmm. we have an opportunity to use our voice to policymakers about things like, so you know, what are the fuel efficiency standards for the cars that are available to us? And we can, we can insist that those standards be raised. But you see, as, and, as far as I understand it, Doctor, those of us who choose to use our voice to make change are the minute minority. Yeah, and part of my message is that discovering the power of our voices is empowering and transformative. So I was never engaged about anything, particularly, you know. I mean, I was just sort of living my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would go to the voting booth and that would be about it. Um, and then I started to realize that the, the, where the rubber really hits the road is at the policymaking decision, at level with these kinds of issues. And so I started doing things like writing letters to my elected officials and setting up meetings with my elected officials. And I discovered that they wanted to hear from me. The first letter I ever wrote to my U.S. senator, they called me. His office called me. I was shocked. And I was also thrilled. And I realized that my voice mattered in a way that I never had any idea. I had no idea. So what's really remarkable about it is that, yes, not that many of us are doing it, but because so few people are doing it in some ways, it makes it easier to have our voices heard. It can take, I've talked to somebody who is a legislative assistant for um, a U.S. Uh, congresswoman, mm-hmm. and she said it can take one person setting up a meeting or writing a letter or making a phone call. One person can make a difference. In, in an extraordinary case, if there's not a lot, of, a lot of other voices clamoring, and if that person has a good story and they're good at delivering their message, other times it can take five, six, seven people. That's like, you know, a group of your friends and family. So there aren't that many people doing it, but I think that the more of us realize how much we can really make a difference and that when it comes to this kind of issue, it really is where we can have the greatest impact. You know, we can use our reusable shopping bags. I use them. I try to remember them. I don't always remember them. Sometimes I forget. Um, You know, and I have my travel mug, and I recycle fanatically, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I can do all that lifestyle stuff, and so can other people. But the scale of the issues we're facing is such that the real solutions are going to come at the policy level. And so part of my message is that we can use our voices and that's where we can really make a difference and that in fact companies want to hear from us. All right, Doctor, you and I have to take a commercial break with the news. Please stand by. Exonation Dr. Sarah Warren is our special guest. 
OurSphere'sOfInfluence.com and her website for her clinical and coaching practice is www.multicoach.org. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break and the news as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger... Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com and our website www.exxonradiotv.com. I believe it's meant to Dr. Sarah Warren is our very special guest. She's known lovingly as Dr. Sarah. Her websites are, well, here's her blog, uh, Exonation, www.ourspheresofinfluence.com. 
Her website for her clinical and coaching practice is www.multicoach.org. Dr. Sarah, is global warming real or is it just a figment of somebody's imagination? Well, uh, as I understand it from people that I follow on Twitter who are based in the Toronto area, you guys have been having uh, extraordinary heat waves, mm-hmm. <laughs> unprecedented heat waves. Um, and as I sit here in Chicago, it's almost Halloween and I would say it's well into the 70s as it was yesterday, and there should be a good nip in the air. (laughs) So um, we can't just um, go based on that. I mean, you know, weather varies a lot, so, you know, Mm -hmm. you can have Indian summer. Sure. Um, But what we do know for certain is that on average temperatures around the world are going up and that each year breaks records. For, uh, for heat. Um, so things are getting warmer and things are getting even warmer at the poles, which is uh, very concerning in terms of the, the fact that the, the ice is melting there. And once that ice is gone, that can have very uh, lasting catastrophic effects around the world. It's not just um, an effect up there. And in fact, the thing that got me um, concerned about about this problem, it was really my wake-up call, was that it's not just the polar ice caps melting. It's with the rising temperatures, we have things like longer cold and flu seasons. Mm -hmm. We have West Nile virus running rampant. We have Lyme disease. Um, We have tropical diseases in places we've never seen them before. We have new diseases developing for which we have no cures. Um, And that was the point at which I said, okay, this is not just a problem thousands of miles away where nobody lives. (laughs) This is a problem that poses a threat to my children's health and well-being here, now, in the present. So, So the answer is yes, there is absolutely no question that temperatures are rising on average. It doesn't mean that we don't have cold snaps. We can have ice storms. We can have unusually cold winters. Um, we can have unusually cold days. Um, so it's not that cold weather is gone and it's not that snow is gone. It's not that ice is gone. In fact, in some ways, there's more ice in a lot of our day-to-day lives um, because the temperature fluctuations cause freezing and thawing and refreezing, and then you end up with a big sheet of ice. Sometimes it's four inches thick, which is a big challenge for people and cars and crops. Um, so there's, there's absolutely no question the temperatures are going up. Um, some people are debating the cause of it, um, but the scientific consensus is near total um, that it has to do with our tailpipes, and our smokestacks and the, the coal plants from which we get most of our electricity. Um, so it's, it's those kinds of things that just emit pollutants that have a heat trapping property and cause a nice little blanket uh, around the, the atmosphere and, and keep more heat uh, around the planet than, than we really need. <laughs> Tell me about your book, Fierce Love. 
Um, Fierce Love was inspired by that turning point moment where um, I realized that my children were at risk. Um, the quality of life um, that they can have is very directly affected by um, the state of the planet and the, the, the health of the air and, mm -hmm. and the oceans. And, and uh, I was struggling with how I, as a psychologist, could use my expertise in change to address this. I needed to find a way that I could use that expertise. And um, it really wasn't clear to me at all. Um, and so I, I, after several months of kind of thrashing around, I said, okay, I have a natural writing talent. So, uh, and, and that I thought as a psychologist that what people really need is inspiration and so they don't need more scientific evidence and they don't need a lot of scary information and they don't need to have, you know, the should finger wagged at them. They need to feel moved. So I said, okay, I think that the way to do that is to really um, engage people at the level of personal experience and, and stories. Um, so I set off uh, interviewing a bunch of parents who had had turning points like mine and talk to them about what they had done since they had their wake-up call and become unlikely environmentalists and what it had done for them. Um, I got all that material and I said, oh, this is a really huge amount of work to edit these stories to work as a book. And I said, okay, I'm, the, my first book is going to be my story and what I've learned um, because I love my children fiercely mm -hmm. about the state of the planet and what it kind of means in practical terms in our day-to-day -day lives. It, this means things like our basements flooding, and it means that because we're getting more weird weather, flights get canceled, you go on vacation, and the weather's horrible even though you've planned it at a time when the weather should be great. Um, and it means all kinds of things like that. So I talk about what does it look like in practical terms in our day-to-day -day lives. And then I talk about signs of hope and progress that, again, I've learned to see so that we have a sense of there is possibility, there is opportunity for us to make a difference. We're getting traction. Um, and then I talk about how people can use their spheres of influence, however big or small, uh, to make a difference and to reap the personal rewards of getting involved in, in solving this really significant problem and that doing so can provide people with a sense of real purpose and meaning, which we're also hungry for. Why is it that people haven't clued in already? It's, it's, it's not rocket science. All we have to do is look outside our windows and the light bulb should go on. Yeah. It's tricky. I think um, there's a couple of things. One is that weather does vary a lot. And so, you know, you get days that seem really cold and you go, oh, well, you know, so much for global warming, right? <laughs> um, so we want to normalize things. That's just how our minds work. We come up with explanations for things that um, make sense in, you know, terms that we know how to understand. I, I remember... Um, <laughs> somebody I know who went through an earthquake, um, it happened in the morning and he'd been out drinking the night before and he started to feel dizzy and he was feeling dizzy because the floor beneath him was moving, but he thought to himself, oh, I must have had too much dr to drink last night. And then, of course, it became clear that that wasn't the case. <laughs> but, you know, we just, we come up with explanations that are familiar to us. Mm -hmm. And so we say, oh, well, you know, weather varies. Yeah. So... 
we're having weird weather. So what? The other thing is that the changes that we're experiencing are quite gradual. So you have to do things like look back even two decades over your life and go, okay, you know, are we getting less snow overall than we used to? What was it like when I was a kid, you know? Um, and is the weather getting really dramatically weirder? And if I look at the news, not just what's going on in my neighborhood, in my community, in my town, but if I think about other people I know who live in other places, like, you know, have I ever heard of 113 degree weather in Los Angeles before? Uh, you know, <laughs> see, it's like you have to connect the dots in a way that takes a little bit of effort. You have to kind of step out of your comfort zone, your frame of reference. All right, so, so I think it's a little a little challenging for people to to make those kinds of connections, and that's part of what my book tries to do is to say there are these connections. Here are dots that that we need to connect. This is what it looks like. Here's the pattern. And that's a lot of it is, is trying to see patterns mm -hmm. that you can't necessarily see really up close. You have to step back a little bit to see the patterns. But the patterns are changing. The patterns are changing, but are people changing? I think that there's more consciousness than there ever has been before. And I can tell you, my turning point was just over four years ago. And when I started talking to people about my concerns and my book, mm -hmm. initially, I didn't get as much response as I do now. And now, almost never does somebody respond with disinterest. Sometimes people will respond with skepticism, and that's okay. Skepticism, I think, is a healthy thing. Sure you know, we need, to, we need to ask questions. Um, you know, we don't all want to just drink the latest Kool-Aid. Um, so I'm happy when people ask good, challenging questions about, is this real and what does this really mean? And, you know, what's the cause of all of this? Um, but I do think that we have made a lot of progress on a lot of fronts and um, that we've got momentum going. And, um, and I think that, you know, when I talk to young people, people in high school, people in college, they really, really get it. I mean, they think that what I'm doing is really, really cool. Um, and and I also find that with people who were around, just like on the first Earth Day, mm -hmm. there's a lot of receptivity, um, even among people who, again, they don't think of themselves as environmentalists. I think that people in the middle who are really busy raising kids, sometimes it's hard to get their attention and to really get them to pause enough to really think about some of the bigger questions um, and to connect their behavior to consequences and to start thinking about things like, you know, the potential to use their voice and really make a difference on that. So I think that that group in the middle, it's a little more challenging to reach, but I think that there's a lot of receptivity to it at this point. Is this movement a growing movement or are we just seeing a few people making a few sparks and a few waves? I really think that it is very much a growing movement. I think it's um, it's very mainstream at this point. It's not fringy at all. Um, it's all kinds of people for all kinds of reasons saying it, people have different things that sort of get to them. Um, uh, but I, th I definitely think that um, 
you know, there's very little question in most people's minds that, uh, you know, that it makes sense to do things like recycle. Like, even if somebody doesn't believe in global warming, let's say, you know, that the idea that we've got mounds of trash that are just piling up. And it's like you know, where's it gonna go? But once and, again, but once again, are, is it the t- dog that's wagging the tail, or is it the tail that's wagging the dog? For example, if government does not do something to curb the 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 manufacture of plastic and force industry to look at even the Tetra Pak, which is is cardboard, mm-hmm. government is responsible. Ultimately, you cannot blame the consumer. And it's not up yeah, to the, it's but, not okay, up to, it's but, not, but wait a sec, hold on, doctor, just, our, doctor, yeah, just okay, a sec, so, just a sec, doctor, again, doctor, yes, sir. just a sec. Sorry, it's, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the consumer that elects the officials and the officials are letting the consumer down and we don't have any other choice unless we want to starve and become a third world country. Yeah. And I, we definitely don't need to starve ourselves. Um, and we don't need to, you know, somebody sent me a, a post on, on Twitter one time about how, yeah, we all need to freeze ourselves mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. You know, we, we don't need to do that kind of thing, but I do think because we live in democratic societies, we get to hold our elected officials. But doctor, I so, hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> Democracy is broken. We definitely have problems, but again, you know, it, the government doesn't exist completely unto itself. So I think it's on us to say, okay, it's broken. We are going to be a part of the solution. I don't think we can just detach ourselves Wait a sec. Hold and on here. shrug Hold our on shoulders here. and say, you know, here, here, oh, well. Let's take a look at our, our democratic way. You've got a, you've got a, a former attorney general who became the the uh, the governor of the state of New York, who had an affair with his wife, left office, and now he's making more money as a reporter on CNN. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the system yeah. is totally broken as far as I'm concerned. And you know what? I don't think that there are people in Washington or Ottawa who really give a damn. Actually, I don't agree with that. I mean, I, I can't speak to Ottawa. All right, what, I, I, what I will do, doctor, is on the other side of this commercial break, I'll give you three minutes to make your case. Okay. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be right back, Exo Nation. Great. Dr. Sarah Warren is our special guest, and the good doctor and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Where is the moment we need it the most? You kick up the leaves and the magic is
Exonation Dr. Sarah Warren is my special guest. Uh, here's a, her blog site is www.ourspheresofinfluence.com. Her website for her clinical and coaching practice is www.multicoach.org. All right, doctor, show me that I'm wrong about the state of politics. <laughs> well, again, I was never an engaged voter until I got concerned about the ill health of mm -hmm. our planet. So I've been figuring this out and learning much to my pleasant surprise that in fact, our elected officials want to hear from us. So the first time I ever met with my U.S. Congressperson, person, it was the first time actually I'd ever had a face-to-face -face meeting with any elected official. She spent about a half an hour with me. She took notes. She asked great questions. Um, she asked me <clears throat> to follow up with her. It was like I was educating her. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I had, again, I had no idea that that's what I was going to find. None whatsoever. Um, I already talked about the fact that I wrote my first letter ever mm -hmm. to an elected official. And... My, I didn't ask them to call me. I didn't ask them to do anything. Well, they, have to, they, have to, they have to justify their salary somehow. <laughs> um, so, you know, a few days later, the phone rings, mm -hmm. and it's my senator's environmental legislative assistant. And we had a series of phone calls that were initiated by him. So what changed? And I'm just like, what changed um, in terms of what? Well, let's see. You had all these conversations, these telephone calls with a congressman or with a congressperson, or and and then okay. uh, an assistant of a of a senator. Did were there any changes that were made? Okay, so that's a reasonable question. Um, it's a very simple uh, question that deserves two answers: either yes or no. <laughs> okay, so was it um, yes or no? Okay. What I will say is, with my conversation... Doctor, with, it's a simple question it, that requires a simple answer, yes or no. It, okay, so I'm not trying to evade... I'm, I'm it certainly try to sounds like you're exactly. evading it. Doctor, is it yes or is it no? <laughs> okay, on balance, I is would it say... Yes, is it yes so or no? So far, no. All right, so... So far, no. Okay, so is the system but, working? No. I would still say yes. I would say there are flaws in the system. Mm-hmm. But it is a viable system. It's complicated. There are lots of other uh, factors in play. But there are many, many, many individual voters. Doctor, you and, and I have to say so long for now. We've run out of time. I want to thank you very much for joining us. Exo Nation, our guest this hour, Dr. Sarah Warren. And... Um, I don't know. I disagree with her wholeheartedly, according to the uh, statistics that I was listening to today. People don't want to vote because you know what they say? Eh, what's the sense? Nothing will happen. It's that plain. It's that simple. Exo Nation, have a wonderful day. Take care of each other. Love your children. And uh, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day or night, no matter where you are in this great big world of ours. So until tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, when once again we cross the time-space continuum, Always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone. I know who I want to take me home. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. 
or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you I'm can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms.